Life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you wish, but you only spend it once. That is a quote by Lillian Dickinson. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 163. The topic of this week's episode is Breathe Deep. My guest this week is Nate Rifkin. Nate Rifkin has prospered by combining ancient mystical practices with modern strategies for living. When he began his journey, Nate was suicidal and drank alcohol every morning. He dropped out of college, went broke, bankrupt, and even worked on street corners waving around a sign. However, Nate learned a little-known spiritual discipline that helped him transform his thoughts, emotions, financial life, and even his love life. Today, he's thriving as a writer and just published his first book. Hi, Nate. Welcome to Trina Talk. Thank you, Trina. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to speak with you because you have an amazing story. But before we get into that story, how I like to start off is... I ask all my guests who you are and how you come to be the Nate that you are today. That's a great question. Well, I am a um, a Taoist. You know, I practice from the Taoist spiritual tradition. I'm a proud husband Um, and I'm an author and I'm someone who had to crawl through his own personal hell to get there. So <laughs> that could, that's, a, that's how I put it. And, and I mean, then that could definitely segue into my story because there's definitely a story to go along with that. Mm, okay. So w- that's what we're going to do. We're going to get right into the story. So, you know, you, you, you know, you're familiar with the show. So, you know, I like not only to hear people's successes, but, you know, we all have failures to go along with our story and our journey. So just kind of take us on our, on that journey, because I don't want to give it away by saying you're, you know, reading your bio. So just kind go ahead and just lead us into that. Yeah, I'd love to. And, and yes, I, I will have a fair, fairly large dish of failure to serve up that, you know, <laughs> that we could all learn from. Um, but you know, the, the story really begins, um, when I, when I was a, a kid, because I, I grew up in a family where, um, everyone was very emotionally shut down and everyone was very kind of cold and distant. My father didn't want kids and he didn't want to participate in raising kids. Um, and I, I was a pretty angry, fussy child growing up. Um, and as I got older, I got more depressed because I, I, I turned all that anger like inward on myself. Um, and I was a really awkward teenager, very few superficial friendships. Um, and I didn't care about school, didn't care about grades. And I just hated my life. But I, I, I thought to myself, well, if I, if I go to college, um, maybe things will be different because I'll be starting over in a new place. That was, that was my hope. Uh, and I really believe that. So I actually did get into college. I went to UMass Amherst um, in Massachusetts, giant school, 
like huge campus. It's the size of a town. Um, and I show up uh, uh, in the middle of the sea of people. And I immediately knew I was so wrong about being able to start over because I was still that same awkward, shy, depressed kid. I mean, I was technically an adult, but I still felt like a kid. Um, and I, I uh, and in college, I was actually even more miserable. You know, I, I didn't care about my studies. So my grades started like slipping off a cliff, wasn't making friends, could not get a date to save my life. And I just... I was just looking at all these other people that I thought were so much more happy and well-adjusted than I was, which, you know, it's kind of like the grass is greener thing, but, but it was somewhat true. Cause there were, there were a lot of people who just came from a much more functional background than I was. So I started thinking to myself, well, what do I want to do? The only thing that I really enjoyed at that point was working out, uh, lifting weights in the gym. And I, I wanted to be a business owner and entrepreneur of some sort. I didn't know what. But that was my dream. So I started thinking, do I really want to pay to be miserable? Is anyone going to ask me for a college degree if I, yeah, if I'm like an entrepreneur of some sort, are they going to like, you know, hey, where's your diploma there, buddy? Probably not. So I decided to drop out. Uh, after three semesters, I dropped out. I said goodbye to nobody. Uh, my, the only person who probably noticed I was even gone was my roommate. Cause he, he probably came in like after the break and saw someone else there next to him. Um, I, I have no idea. I, I've actually, um, it's funny. I just realized this, this was years ago. This is like over 15 years ago. And, um, yeah, I don't even know what happened to anyone at that college. Um, I was never in touch with anyone. So, but after I dropped out, I was kind of excited because, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be a business owner. Right? And I decided, all right, I'm going to sell. Like I have an internet-based business. I'm going to sell health and fitness products. Uh, I, I teamed up with my older brother because he's an expert on yoga. We we're going to sell like DVDs on yoga. He'd do all the teaching. I'd handle the business. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, I, I funded it with my own credit cards and we had some hit or miss success. And th that segued into more misses in terms of success. Like I, I had a knack for, a, for like a writing and marketing and advertising, but I I zero business sense or personal finance sense. I mean, I was in my early 20s, so I wasn't the brightest apple in the <laughs> bin. Um, and I started to go deeper and deeper into debt, which got really scary when my I started maxing out my credit cards. Um, and I do the whole thing where you, max, you, you get the bill in the mail and I just kind of ignore it and kind of put something else on top of it. So I just like wouldn't know the bill was there. And then I start hopping to another credit card and max that out. So I was really scared. And the fear was bad, but even worse than that was the depression because I was just a lonely guy. I hated myself and I just thought I was a loser. So it got, it got worse and worse and worse. And I was trying to use all the self-help I could. Um, I was setting goals and I never achieved a single one. I was like visualizing what I wanted, but something was just missing. Um, and the, my rock bottom was when I started drinking alcohol every morning. Uh, I'd take like, I don't know how much it was exactly. It was probably a couple of shots of vodka and mix it with an energy drink. And that was my breakfast. Um, and it helped me just numb away all the emotional pain that I was undergoing. And I was so jaded and bitter about all the, like the self-help stuff I tried that I thought it didn't matter. So it, it doesn't matter if I drink every morning. Um, it's all, I, I figure it's all just luck and, maybe, you know, work hard and maybe I'll succeed. Maybe not. Um, 
And, and that's, I mean, there were times before I was, I was drinking when I, I really seriously thought about killing myself. Um, so it is, I was very, very isolated. So that, that was kind of like my rock bottom part of the story right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, you know, and I'm glad you're being so, so transparent in sharing that with us because a lot of people go through things like that. I know I've had dark time like that as well, where I was like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to happen? What's going on? And you're right. It always seems like the grass is green on the other side, right? You're always yeah. going, well, wow, if, if they can do it, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do it? What's, what's going on? And nowadays everybody's living the best Instagram life, right? Whether they, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> whether they are or not, they're making everybody think that. So, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. it's like selfie, you know, Oh, yeah. I'm having a great time. And so you're sitting there going, man, I'm like pushing the grind here. And, and you know, here we got person selling bubble gum and they, <laughs> they're like doing great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my exactly. goodness. So, I mean, so you, you're hit this, this brick wall, you're at rock bottom. So how did you come out of that? What, what happened? Um, yeah, just t- how did you get out of that to come to where you are today? So I, um, I had one teacher that I was learning from at the time, and I was just learning business and marketing from him. And he was, you know, he's thrown in some self-help because he had, he had a, a, a coaching group of students who was really digging some self-help um, teachings from him, too. Um, and he was uh, also a, a, a devotee of a, a spiritual tradition called Taoism. Um, and he, he had all kinds of like meditation practices. So he started teaching a bit of the meditation. Um, and I, I mean, I dabbled in meditation, but not, not really. Like I tried to like sit quietly and stuff like that. Nothing. I don't know. I just, okay, whatever. Just made me feel hazy or something. Um, but he started teaching this stuff and I'm like, you know, this is, this is interesting to me, you know, and it, it sounded cool. It sounded like exotic and secret. And, it, you know, he, he described how people over on the other side of the world would do these meditations and like become enlightened, um, or just like meditate in caves all day or something like that, or on mountaintops. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. But something with it resonated with me, especially when he mentioned, hey, this is the kind of stuff I did when I went from like starting my business to, to being successful. It was like the inner work I did. So I was like, okay, well, hmm. what the heck? I'll, I'll try it. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I had nothing to lose. So I, I, I kind of fell backwards into um, cre- a really cool way to create a new habit for myself because I realized, okay, well, when am I going to meditate? Okay, here's what I'll do. I, this is my, like, my self-dialogue. Um, you know, I, I'll get up, I'll shower, brush my teeth, do my thing, and then I'll meditate. And it'll be like the first thing I do. And then I'll go drink my alcohol. It's <laughs> like, I, I didn't stop. It's like, I mean, this is, it's, this is where I was at. So, Meditation and, and alcohol. <laughs> I think yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's like, a, I think I got a new idea for a bar. I could start <laughs> anyway, the yoga bar. It's not that far from the truth, actually, for, uh, for a lot of these establishments do. But anyway, so, but I, I really did this. Um, and I started with just a minute a day. And I, I thought to myself, okay, this is really tough. It's tough to build a new habit. But what I'll do is I'll start with a minute. And then I'll add like five seconds a day. It's like, I won't even notice the difference, but it'll add up over time. 
So I did that. And actually, uh, after a week or two, I, I started adding more than five seconds because I was, you know, get more confident. And after a little bit, I was like feeling kind of a buzz. It was it was cool. I was like feeling this. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like you take that first sip of coffee. It's not like you're jittery, but you just it just feels good. You know, you kind of woken up a bit and you're just feeling good. So I was like, OK, well, that's kind of cool. As the weeks went by, I noticed that the 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 good feeling I got from meditating was catching up to the kind of pleasant buzz I got from alcohol. And one day it felt just as good. Like all, all that happened after I took a drink was I just kind of felt more drunk. And I thought, I wonder if this trend's going to continue. Well, within a day or two, what happened was I meditated and I felt good enough that when I took a drink and it was like, I don't know, 11 in the morning or something like that, or 10 in the morning, I felt a little bit worse because the alcohol is only getting me so like far in terms of like feeling good. So as soon as I was feeling better about myself, it dropped me back down to that same place. So I, I actually stopped drinking the alcohol in the morning. Um, and it wasn't willpower. I just didn't want to. So, I mean, that, that, I mean, this is just my story. I don't want to say like, it's anyone who drinks a lot, like this is the answer. And it's, I don't really think I was a true alcoholic. I mean, I'll still have a glass of wine or two at dinner. Um, but this was like tangible results. So I kept on going. Cause I'm like, this is like, nothing has ever worked for me before. It was only a little bit of results, but it was something. So I kept going and eventually other people started to comment that there's a difference in me. And I realized, aha, so it's not just in my head. Other people are noticing a difference in my personality, even if they don't know I'm meditating. So I, I got really kind of like analytical about this whole thing. Um, and that was, th this, this was back in like 2007 or eight around that time. Um, and my looping, looping, like self-hating thoughts just start to dim away. I, I, um, I, and I start to feel better about myself. And that's this, this is sort of like how I turn my inward life around. Now there's a bit more to it because I, I still had a lot of financial, like, um, garbage to clean up. <laughs> Meditation didn't make the money fall from the sky, unfortunately, <laughs> but that, but that's, but that's what starts to make the difference because I realized that's the missing piece to all the self-help I was doing was kind of like going deep into the inner work. Um, and the outer work started to actually work. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we're going to have to dive into this, right? So, all right. Oh man. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, and I'm like, wow, this, this is interesting. And I'm trying to think of the questions because I've heard this before. And I believe that as well, that, you know, how you think is how you are, right. It's all beginning with mindset. So in your journey, you started doing the meditation and this is what you probably need to help me with because I've tried meditating several times I end up falling asleep. So I don't know. I don't know. What oh, it, do. it, that, yeah, that happens. I don't know if it's just, I mean, I know I'm very tired because I don't get enough sleep, but I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm supposed to just like fall over and <laughs> be done. You're, you're supposed to actually, I, I believe like free your mind and just kind of get, get loose for lack of a better term. So what was it specifically with the meditation that made you start saying, okay, you know what? I don't need to drink anymore. Let me 
change my mind as far as my personal life, my inner life, my financial life? What were all of these things and the steps that you took to get yourself on the right path? That's a great question. So what was going on? um, And I didn't realize at the time that it was going on, but here's, here's what was happening when I was meditating. And then I can get into, and then I'll I'll tell you like, well, here, here's how it kind of made it work, including how not to fall asleep. Well, I can't guarantee it, but I I think I I can give some cool tips because that's, yeah, that's super, that's super common. Um, What was happening was previous to, to any kind of meditation that I really focused on, I was setting goals, but I was still showing up to try and accomplish those goals as the same flawed, like self-sabotaging me. Cause I had bad program from programming from childhood. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a lot of experiences of like, of events that gave me low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of programmed me to only get to a certain point before things would fall apart. Like I never had any financial stability. Um, even if I had like a good month in business, I still had no stability. Um, so what happened was when I meditated was I was able to start bringing up all this old emotional stuff and gunk and trauma that I really hadn't been able to process that I just kind of buried. Um, and I was finally able to process it. And a lot of it was beneath my conscious awareness. Um, which is, which is the interesting thing about meditation is you're not like necessarily trying to think about anything. And yet what'll happen is uh, emotions will come up like randomly, like you'll start feeling angry about something. you start feeling like this anxiety and it's like, what the heck is going on? Or you'll have a memory from like 20 years ago, pop up and you're like, I, I don't even, I can't even believe that was on my mind. And now I'm like fixated on it. Or you'll have both, both the emotion and the memory. Um, and this is what, this is what happened uh, to me. And this is what happens to a lot of people when they meditate and what's going on is it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because a lot of people think, oh, geez, I'm thinking all this stuff. I'm feeling all this, like, ah, oh, this anger, this anxiousness, I'm supposed to be all like blissed out and zen out, but it's actually a good thing because it's almost like, um, an emotional detox. I mean, it actually is an emotional detox. And once that stuff like gets brought up and you just calmly, you know, sit and face it. And and, and I can get into how to do that. Um, The self-sabotage will start to go away. Like that's what I start to find is I start to get more aware of how, wait a minute, let me slam the brakes on the ego here that wants to like build a big business. And let's focus on actually practicing some financial responsibility (laughs) and let's be more patient. Um, And all of a sudden, like, instead of me being able to ignore a bill in the mail, like I would go crazy if I didn't pay that thing immediately and pay my credit cards in full. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was actually, a, a, it, it helped facilitate like an emotional growing up process. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens when we're emotionally mature, all of a sudden we could be much better at business. Right. Um, now about like, the whole like, wait a minute, meditating. Okay. I've, I've done that. I've sat there and like paid attention to my thoughts. And then I ended up like, you know, can I have my 15 minutes back? Um, so the, here's, what's cool. Uh, and it, about the Taoist tradition, um, they do a lot of meditation, not just sitting, not just lying down, but also standing meditation and even walking meditation. And I started with a meditation done standing. 
And it's not just like standing where you're like kind of, you know, standing in line at the bank. Um, they do it in a very specific way where it's almost like picture like a bar stool that's super high. So you're not going to just like squat down onto it. It's almost like you got to like put your tailbone on it mm-hmm. and you have to like unlock your knees a bit and kind of roll your hips forward. Mm-hmm. That's how you stand. Um, and, and you also, not only that, but you, you can hold your arms up as if you're like holding a really big beach ball and then you tuck your chin down. So what you're doing, um, is it's actually challenging to your muscles, at least at first, which is part of why I started with only a minute a day. Cause it's like my quads are just baking. It was, it was tough, but what's going on is, um, if you've ever, um, you know, you've heard of like acupuncture. Mm-hmm where you like stick the needles in. Yeah. Well, when you get an acupuncture treatment, what they're doing is they're strategically sticking needles in your body where you've got meridians running through your um, channels. Um, and actually there's some science showing that the, these channels are very real and they run through uh, your fascia tissue, which is uh, previously we thought it was just tissue that held your organs in place and kind of held everything together like a, like bags around your organs. But it turns out that that actually might be the tissue where these meridians run through. So when you're standing like this, it's actually giving yourself like an acupuncture treatment. It's it, you're standing in a way where it's like, you're opening up these meridians. It's, it's almost like kind of like turning on a faucet and you're allowing the energy to run through. And this is what is able to um, dissolve and process this, this like stagnant emotional trauma that gets buried in your body. So this is why now, and by the way, that's also why you're not necessarily going to fall asleep because when you're in a standing position, you know, you're, you're instead of like going off and like feeling really tired, you actually have to maintain a greater focus because you have to balance in this position while at the same time, relax your shoulders, you know, relax the tension in your neck, relax the tension in your lower back and, and run through the cycle of relaxing your tissues, relaxing your tissues, breathing deeply, staying calm while holding yourself in a position. So it's a very, it's a very dynamic form of meditation. And with, you know, with that description, anyone can kind of try it. Um, I actually find that it's more fun and a better experience than sitting for even half the time, because I've got something to do like mentally, I've got something to focus on. So my mind, it's like throwing your, your, your conscious mind a bone to chew on so that, um, it's not focused on like, oh, this is a waste or like, you know, oh, and now I got to like, oh, I have to check that. I have to reply to that email. You know how it right, is. It's like, right. so, so, th- so it was interesting because for the first time in my life, I was really addressing all the emotional stuff, but it, it was without really like trying to do so. It's just what happens when you meditate. So it's, it, it's super, super cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so while you're meditating, so you- you're supposed to just let things run through your head. You're not specifically thinking of something, but you're not trying to suppress anything. Yeah. Cause um, if you try to like fight your thoughts and suppress them, I mean, it's a, it's a losing battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, the old, the old cliche, don't think of a, a pink elephant, you know, walking around. <laughs> yeah. And it, if, if emotions and feelings are coming up, it's like, great you know, they're finally bubbling to the surface. I mean, gosh, that's when, when they're beneath your awareness, that's when they do the most damage. 
Yeah. That's when you keep running. It's like, oh, why do I keep running into the same situation? Or why do I keep dating the same person over and over? It's because we got this buried wiring. Um, but at the same time, the, the really cool part is you can direct your conscious mind to focus on things like breathing deeper, you know, breathing slower, um, seeking out where you feel tense and just, and just kind of going, let me just kind of relax and, and let the, let the weight of the tension fall away. Mm. Um, and that's a never ending journey. Uh, cause you can, you can always find some part of your body that's, that's like tense. Um, so that's, that's a way where you, you can focus your mind on that. Um, and as a result, you're not like, you know, totally unfocused and wondering what to do with yourself. You, you're, you're giving yourself a really, uh, a really healthy task to do. That's how I put it. Giving, like giving yourself a healthy task to do. Wow. Okay. So as a result of that, tell us how your business flourished, how, how things, what happened to let you know that, okay, this is working. This is really it. And how, how did you see your, your mindset shift from how you were feeling internally previously to the point where you were like, okay, this is working. I'm on the right path. I'm starting to get things are falling in order or how did they fall in order? Or or did you have to force anything or did you, because you were so, I guess, aware of the things that you were unconsciously going through, how did you end up making that change? Uh, Oh, that's a great question. And and, um, you hit it with awareness um, because my, inwardly, I started to turn around. Like my thoughts started getting more supportive. My my self-esteem went up. And it was a good thing that happened because before my business mm-hmm. flourished, I went through a period of tremendous chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think this is actually a pretty universal part of anyone's journey where things have to get darker before they get better. Um, so what happened was I, I had another startup at the time um, and it was it was bringing me a, a monthly income that it, we, were, we were paying ourselves enough that I could pay my rent and, and stuff like that and cover all my basics. And it was with two partners. We started arguing more and more. Um, and it was a, it was a toxic relationship. Um, and I eventually woke up one morning and a log, it was an online business, uh, internet-based business. And I, I tried logging into our software and they had changed the passwords on me. Yeah. Wow. And that's how I knew that business partnership was over. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and I thought about, I guess I had some recourse. Um, it would have been tricky because uh, a different partner controlled all the all the software and even the bank uh, accounts and all that. So that was, by the way, an example of my kind of not much conscious awareness and how to form the business because I let this other person have all that. Um but I realized I had enough, I, I was working on myself inwardly enough to realize this is ultimately a good thing. It's going to be rough, but it's ultimately a good thing. So that partnership dissolved. Uh, they took the money with them, huh. and and yeah, and it wasn't much, but it it hurt. And I realized two things: one, I'm going to need to get a job, and number two, I'm probably going to have to go through a bankruptcy because I mean, even the minimum payments on the credit card debt. Um, that these debt collectors were hounding me for mathematically, I just couldn't afford it. Um, so I actually, I did go bankrupt and I wiped off all the debt except for, except for uh, some IRS debt, because I don't know what the laws are now, but at the time you couldn't, you couldn't get rid of all of that. 
So what happened was I actually went on Craigslist and I found a job spinning a sign on a street corner, which is kind of a weird job to get. But the reasons was I wanted something I could get immediately and I didn't have to like do too much mental work because I still want to work in my business. And I realized I don't have the bandwidth mentally to do a challenging job, uh, you know, in terms of like knowledge and still go home and start uh, a business on my own. That was my perception. And, you know, I didn't want to go back to school again to, you know, start another career that I wasn't passionate about. So the sign spinning gig was actually a really beautiful time in my life because I was the happiest I'd ever been. I got to listen to audiobooks all day and I moved into the cheapest place I could find and I cut all expenses, like all of them. Like there's a multi-year period in my life where I have no idea what shows were on TV. I don't know what movies came out. And to this day, I don't just because I, even even a few dollars I, I saved. And that's the first time in my adult life that um, I was saving more. Um, I was bringing in more than I spent and I was able to save money. And I saved 10% of my pay every time I got uh, my paycheck. And a funny thing happened. That was how I started to turn things around because I was finally saving the wealth. Even if it was just like $30 a week, I was actually changing my programming and self-image because I was doing it. Like there was proof right there. I was, I was becoming wealthy $30 at a time. I was becoming wealthy. Um, And that's, that's how my outer life started to turn around. Just like I started with like 60 seconds of meditation. I started with $30 saving. And it snowballed and it took several years, but start to snowball because I I was able to build one opportunity on top of another. And I actually, I ended up paying the IRS debt um, with interest because they they tacked on a lot. I think I ended up probably with all the interest payments. I think I gave them more than if I had paid it on time. So, but I I made it. Um, And I'm actually other today, other than a, a mortgage, which you know, it's debt, but it's a, you know, it's, it's, it, you could call it healthy debt. Um, right. Other than a mortgage, I'm actually debt free today. Nice. Wow. Phew. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> sleep, I sleep better. <laughs> actually, you know what? I slept better at night, even when I was a sign spinner, because even if I was living close to the bone, um, mm-hmm. bringing in more money than you spend feels way better than mm-hmm. if you're bringing in a million and you're spending a million and one. ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <there>. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I totally know. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. You know, th- that is such an amazing journey. Oh, and I, like I said, I really thank you for being transparent in telling us this because you know, a lot of people that they don't want to divulge that, you know, it's not really the highlight of anyone's life to say, you know what, I filed for bankruptcy and, you know, whatever. But sometimes things are unnecessary. And I, you know, me being a spiritual person, I kind of, I always think in my mind, nothing just happens. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm going through things that are not what the best, or I've made some decision to get myself into a position where I'm like, okay, how did I do this? And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to, lead to something because there's a lesson here I had to learn, or like you were saying, you got to go through the tough times to get to the, to the better times. Um, So what would you tell people, the listeners who are listening today, who may be going through 
something similar, like they're trying to start a business or maybe they're just trying to clean their personal life up. How would you tell them to go about it and and what should they do to kind of get themselves on the right track? Uh, you know, that, that that's a great question. Um, I, I have kind of a, a philosophy for, for like inner work, especially meditation today. I, I, I put it in the same category as brushing one's teeth or, or doing, or, or wearing, doing laundry. So you got a clean set of clothes or, or showering. If, if you walk outside your front door without, you know, uh, brushing your teeth or drinking a glass of water or putting on your shoes, it's not like you're going to go, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I really want to put on my shoes. It's like, no, that's just a requirement for going outside. That's just what you do. I consider any, uh, whatever, whatever kind of meditation resonates with you, whatever brings you results. I consider it on par with that. It's like, I, I will not talk with anyone else before I take care of that, because then I'm not bringing my best self to the situation. And if I don't bring my best self, everything snowballs from there. Cause there's, there's going to be a chain reaction no matter what. So I, I always start my day with, with a standing meditation practice. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that specifically, but I would highly, highly recommend whatever someone does. Um, slow, deep breathing is going to be the commonality in any kind of practice someone does. And it's, it's easy, but it's, it's so easy that it can be easily dismissed as just like, oh, that sounds nice. It's one of those things. No, it's powerful. And I like to put like one hand on my belly especially when I was first learning this and one hand on my uh, upper chest, when you breathe, make sure the hand on your belly goes up and down and the, ch- and the hand on your chest, not necessarily because a lot of people, when they breathe, they breathe into their chest and it's, and that's actually um, the kind of breathing you do when you're, when you're stressed or panicked. Mm. So why do we have, you know, so much like chronically high cortisol levels and, and so much chronic stress, we're through the way we breathe, we're actually signaling to ourselves that we're in danger. Oh. But when you, yeah, when you breathe into your belly, you're signaling that um, everything's okay. Now, the counterintuitive part is that, or the surprising part, I should say, is that when people first start this practice, if they're not used to it, it can feel a little odd yeah. and it can actually induce a bit of like uh, discomfort. And when I say discomfort, I mean like um, kind of emotional discomfort mm-hmm. because we're so not used to this. We're, we're not used to actually like taking a full deep breath and, and giving space in our, in our chest cavity, especially around our heart. So it can induce this feeling like, Whoa, this, this is, Whoa, this is not good. This is, right. but it's actually um, just a stage to get through. And eventually that goes away. And, and once you train yourself to actually naturally breathe down into your belly, um, your whole life, it's like kind of up-leveling your entire life. And it, it, it'll happen in ways that don't seem connected, but little bits of your life will just get easier. So, there, and, and that's why I, I'd recommend this for anyone who's starting, um, especially starting a business, because as, a, as an entrepreneur, you must be more emotionally centered um, than, than your employees, than your team, anyone you work with. Like they, they can have a bit of slack, but you can't, right. um, cause you're the leader. Right. So, so that's what I recommend because, and the other reason I, I recommend is because we're in information overload today. Yes. Yeah. And when, 
and when I was at my worst, the in, more information didn't help me. Um, mm-hmm. This kind of thing did, which is why I'm not shy about, I'm also not shy about saying I'm a spiritual person because when, when I was down and out, that that's what worked when nothing else did. So I have absolutely, you know, no shyness about that today. Um, oh, and before I forget, there's one thing, it, it was so cool earlier, you mentioned like, you know, comparing yourself to others on like Instagram. Mm-hmm. I There's a super interesting book. I think the title is Everybody Lies. And it's, it's kind of a weird title, but the, but the idea of the book is a, a data scientist actually analyzed social media posts and the content versus Google searches. And what he found is there is such a profound difference between what people are posting about their lives on social media versus what they're privately searching for um, and how people are actually have a lot of doubt. Everyone has a lot of self-esteem issues, you know, at some point or another, mm-hmm. but people are very careful about exposing that on social media. So yeah, I think it's especially in 2021, if you're looking on social media and you're expecting an objective view of reality, you know, don't uh, please drop that notion. You know, things aren't as rosy in other people's lives as you think. Oh, absolutely not. That's something. Yeah. I've, I've learned and um, you know, and I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So you said you had a tra- traumatic childhood. I did as well. Now, when you you said you get went to college, you moved away, but then you started repairing your life. Did you keep in contact with your family or do you um, have boundaries of when you deal with them and who you deal with? How do you deal with that aspect of your life? Oh, that's, that's a cool question. Um I I kind of kept throughout the years uh, that I went through with all this. Um, I, I kept somewhat contact, it, it, but it was very superficial mm-hmm. with my parents, um, and and they did not know I was going through any of this stuff after I moved out um, until much much later. Mm-hmm. But what happened eventually is I started um, working with um, a therapist, um, and he was and his specialty was getting me or, or getting, um, his, his clients to, to have constructive conversations with their parents, not necessarily. So it's like, Oh, you know, you could ha- have this, um, <laughs> lifetime movie channel, you know, ending with your parents or something like that. Cause who knows what's going to happen, but no matter how it goes in the conversations with one's parents, it can help resolve a lot of old wounding. Um, and it can help improve your communication because, your parents were your original um, avenue for communication. I mean, they're kind of your original everything for everything. Right. Um, so what happened was I actually, I started having um, more regular communication with, with my mom and dad and, and, and the therapist actually pushed me to ask about my childhood and what they were feeling and what they went through, which was super uncomfortable for me, which is why he had me do it or part of why he had me do it. And um, what happened was, I did not get a better relationship with my mother. Um, It it actually, we're probably more distant than ever now, which is fine um, because it's about how I kind of repaired my old stories and old wounding in the process. Mm -hmm. Now, my relationship with my father is actually a lot better now because um, I was able to really realize that you know, he, he wasn't a good parent, but he wasn't necessarily like the worst person in the world. Um, 
And he, he'd been on his own kind of journey of growth. So we're, we're actually close, not to say we're super close. Things are still a little, you know, kind of, we're, we're still, we're still focused on our, you know, opening up our emotions a bit more, but, um, but things are a lot better. And, And I'm really glad you brought that up because even if things never quite work themselves out with one's parents, that's not, if anyone thinks that's a reflection on them, it's really not. Um, like I said, it, things never actually got better with my mom. That's okay. Yeah. You know, cause I, I did what I could, I did what I could on my end. Um, and yeah, sometimes we're meant to have healthy boundaries. Sometimes we're meant to have very healthy boundaries, very thick, <laughs> distant, long boundaries. Yes. And it, it, it's, it, it's all about like, what's, what's best for you, you know? Right. Right. You know? No, I, I agree. Cause like I said, I, I had a traumatic childhood and I have some very long, healthy yeah. boundaries in my life with some people. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you have a book. Let's talk about that. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so after, oh gosh, about a decade after I kind of went through the, the, my lowest point, um, I looked around and I, and I thought to myself, you know, a lot of, a lot of the lessons I learned. Um, especially like taking something like meditation, really making it practical and work for you is still like not really well known today. Mm-hmm. Or, and if it is, if it is known, it's, it's not, I don't think it's quite taught in the, in a way that people can really get it. Um, so I decided to write a book and I spent three years writing this thing. I, I mean, I took the first draft and I just, yeah, I just threw it out, started over. And the way I ended up formatting it was I, I wrote a bit of my story what I learned, and then how the reader can take it and apply it into their own lives, like, you know, really, really granular and immediately. And I just went chapter by chapter. And I, I, I tell everything, the bankruptcy, you know, the, the alcohol, the sign spinning, all of that. Um, and I published it earlier this year. Um, and I'm really, I'm really proud with what I'm, and I'm really humbled by how people have reacted because it's kind of the book I wish I could have given to my younger self. Yeah. I can't do that, but th- the next best thing is how people are just like, you know, taking it and running with it. Uh, and it's called uh, The Standing Meditation. Um, and it's um, it's on Amazon right now. And you can go to like uh, the website, thestandingmeditation.com, and it'll go right to that Amazon page. Wow. Sounds very interesting. Man, this, this has really been a very enlightening um, conversation because- that's one of the things that I am working on as well. And I guess sometimes struggle with because, you know, having a business and trying to do all those things. And sometimes I'm overwhelmed and sometimes I'm like, okay, this is not working. And then you're thinking, and it's like, okay, I'm, I have that. Okay. Yes, I can do it. But then somewhere in my subconscious is kind of like, well, can I really do it? You know, am, am I going too far? So you, Yeah, those things that you need to kind of just work out and get out, because I know it's stemming from deep within, from past experiences and things Um, Not that I can't do it or that I doubt my, you know, capabilities. It's just it's that old talk and garbage that's in your head that you keep that comes up when you don't need it to. Um, So, yeah, I really love this if, you know. If nothing else, I like this episode. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, you, if I could reach one person, I'm, I'm like, woohoo. So, 
Yeah, it's, no, it's great. No, and I, and I believe the listeners out there, I, I, you're going to take something away as well, you know, because he has actually given some really good information on how to really just kind of get yourself back on track. And that's what we all need. And especially in today's time, everybody is coming out talking about their mental health and what they're doing to keep themselves um, in a good space. And I think it's really important. And I'm really, I'm really happy that the people who have these large platforms are coming out and talking about it because for so long, I think people kind of kept it like a secret, like, okay, I can't let anybody know that I'm going to therapy or I can't let anybody know that, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm depressed and I have anxiety, but you know, we're all humans. We're all humans. Mm. We're not perfect. And we have trials and tribulations. But again, you know, we've been kind of taught that, you know, if you can't deal with it, then, you know, you're less than 100%. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad this episode because it's very timely in today's situation with what we're dealing with in just the world in general. So um, really love it. Thank you for for sharing that and going through it with us. Um, oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, and I was just thinking like, I probably would have been able to turn things around a lot quicker if I'd been more honest at the time of what I was going through. It's like, you know, if it, it you might be surprised and you as in like anyone, anyone might be surprised by if, if, if you say to someone, like you just said, it's like, yeah, actually I'm, I'm going through some stuff right now. You might be surprised if they look at you and just like, yeah, actually me too. And you actually have a deeper connection as a result. And if, and if you don't, and if you get that kind of shame reaction or that, well, what's up reaction? Well, yeah, they should, they, they're, they don't deserve to be right. in your life, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I'm glad you said that because I've had to learn that the hard way because yeah as I mentioned, you know, I had a traumatic childhood and it's, and it ended up resulting in me making a lot of poor choices and bad decisions that, you know, I, at first I was feeling very ashamed about. And then as I've gotten older and kind of done my self-work, I'm like, you know what? I'm not ashamed of it because that brought me to where I am today. But then there were people along the way that I shared my story with that really made me feel awful made me feel horrible. And then I heard um, Brene Brown talking to Oprah and she was saying, you know, whoever, not everyone needs to hear, uh, gets to hear your story. Not everyone is, you know, like privileged to hear your story because that exactly what you just said. If you talk to someone and you're telling them, okay, I'm going through a rough time. This is what's going on. And they try to shame you and make you feel bad. Then you know what? They're not worthy of hearing your story. You need to tell it to someone who, can uplift you and help you and encourage you. Not the person who's going to say, Oh my God, you did that. Oh, how stupid are you? So, you know, I've gone through that a couple of times with family and people who weren't family. So I'm, I'm very aware of that now that I don't share my story with everyone. Not everyone gets to, you know, it's the privilege of knowing that Trina. Um, So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very glad you brought that up. But Nate, we're going to go into our questions. So hope you're ready. (laughs) All right. I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Who or what motivates you? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Probably what motivates me is, well, first, the who is my wife. 
uh, now that I'm married. She's a big motivator for me. Another who is my future students um, and anyone I can help. And it's kind of funny because I start that by saying, well, what? And then I just switch to that who, and I'm going to stick with that. And I think that's, wow. I think that's actually probably a big shift in me from several years ago. Now it's, now it's my wife and future students. Whereas before I probably would have gone off about what. Cool. Great questions. (laughs) What demotivates you? Oh, great question. Um, when I, I fall back into those looping thoughts where, um, I kind of like, think, ah, I'm, you know, I'm not getting this or it's like, ah, what's the point? Or I imagine someone like talking down to me. Um, and it's all in my head, but that all of a sudden I'm like, uh, that demotivates me. Yeah. Mm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, you know, there was one time um, in college where I was, I, I'd, I talked to the wrong person, someone who wasn't worthy. And I mentioned, um, uh, like a business I started and how I wanted to write a book. Um, and the guy said, I think your book will be a failure. And it worked out for the better because, um, I got, I kind of got upset in a healthy way, or at least a healthier way, because instead of believing him, I, I, my thought was this guy's full of crap. Um, so I would hope anyone could take that, take that and run with it. Someone says, you know, I think such and such will be a failure and they're really talking down to you. Um, you know, probably the best thing is to assume they're full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What is your fear? Um, you know, my fear is that I am going to keep walking on the spiritual path and that, I'm not going to like have the cool experiences that a lot of other people I know do. Um, and it's, and that is still a fear I'm working on to this day. It's not a big one. Um, but just being honest, I even wrote that down, uh, in a journal today that that was one of my fears. Yeah. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Oh, a lot of times. Cause I mean, I am, a I I am like, constantly reminding myself that all turned out perfectly. And I, and, you know, I really do believe that, but yeah, there, there are times when I could, I wish I could go back and, and say to myself, start, start writing earlier. You love writing. People like your writing. So, you know, stop running around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying all these different business ideas and all these startup ideas and just be a writer. You know, there's, it, it, it might not pay off immediately, but you've got, you're going to have years ahead of you to build upon that body of work. So um, I regret not doing that. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Of course, probably, probably (laughs) every time I, uh, probably every time that I um, replied to emails too quickly and lashed out at people. Like yeah. I'm the reason Google now has that thing where you can undo a send or at least the old <laughs> me, the old me was that. So, so yeah, I mean, and that's, and I think about that to this day, it's like, you know, some, there, there are a lot of things I regret, but the most painful ones were where, where I lashed out someone. Yeah. Yeah. What is your definition of success? Uh, my definition, definition of success is if you are doing what, really fulfills you 
without being controlled by um, your desperation or fear or um, a need for approval from someone else. Um, and, and, and if you're just doing what fulfills you. Mm, nice. I like that. How do you recharge? Oh, great question. Um, uh, going off uh, and being uh, by myself. Um, and that can, that could involve meditation or it could just be kind of, uh, locked in my office by myself. Um, I'm definitely the, uh, introvert type and that, and that, that's how I recharge. What are you awesome at? I, you know, I'm awesome at telling crazy stories of how I failed and then how I got out of them and writing about it. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm owning that. I, I, I'm awesome at that and I love doing it. So. What legacy do you want to leave? Um, as someone who helped um, bring like the more esoteric, you know, meditation practices um, to like lots and lots of people and helped really break it down and make it practical, especially from Taoism. Um, you know, that, that's how I'd like to be remembered is, is like, oh, that guy who's like, yeah, yeah, I read his book and I actually, and I, you know, I listened to what he said and yeah. It really helped me out. That's how I want to be remembered. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Um, here's the takeaway. It's like we both talked about how we're spiritual people. And I, the the spiritual part of life is very, very real. Um, and working with the energy of your body is a very, very real thing. And we all have access to it. It is everyone's birthright. And even something as simple as taking time out to breathe deeply into your belly slowly and feel the energy can, can transform your life. Um, that's what, that's, that's what motivates me just knowing we have that power. So I hope it it motivates someone else. So tell the listeners how they can connect with you, get your book or anything else that you have going on. Um, the best way is, is, uh, the website, the standing meditation. Um, and that's the best way to connect with me too. Cause I, I really, wrote that and made that as like starting at step zero, you know, here's how we can take off. Okay. Well, Nate, thank you so much for being on Trina talk. I enjoyed our conversation and just your enlightenment and your positivity that you have bestowed upon me and the listeners. Oh, thank you. It was my honor to be here. Thank you. If you like Trina Talk Podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their lives? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.